0: Come with us to I Don't Get It, the magical world of the pop culture get-off-my-lawn cast. Featuring the open-minded musings, the brave musings of two mid-40s curmudgeons staring at the prospect of entertainment relevance. I am your co-host Bill Scurry of American Caesar Enterprises, which, Noah, this week is an off-road yeah. bikini tour company where the guides keep losing their tops and I am joined as always. It's got to be
1: tough to maintain that business in the era of pandemic, my
0: friend. The problem is our tour guides keep walking very close to the river mirror and when they do it kind of catches the string and like a slingshot the top just shoots right off and so you know, whackiness ensues.
1: All right, that if you think that was worth it, okay, good for you.
0: Anyway, who am I talking to? Who
1: who is you? Uh <laughs> who is who is I? I am Noah Tarno. I'm the founder and senior quiz master of The Big Quiz Thing, The Trivia Game Show Spectacular, America's premier provider of virtual corporate and private trivia events coast to coast nationwide from sea to shining sea welcome to America 2020 your product is fun
0: and the fun is also virtual Thank too you. it's virtually fun
1: yes it's virtually fun <laughs> people, people don't really have fun they virtually have fun do you know what I you know what word like even now what I think of when I hear the word virtual is I think of I don't know if they still say this but ads for cascade um, dishwashing detergent for years. They would say, you know, it leaves your glasses virtually spotless. Uh-huh. And I just remember hearing those ads a lot, like in the 80s when I was a kid. And so I hear virtually, I think that, and I didn't really know what it meant, but it means like, don't sue us if there's a spot. Oh, okay. It was liability,
0: your, is what you're saying.
1: On your champagne. Yeah. People who sued Cascade because there was a spot on their, you know, champagne goblet. Uh, Noah, you
0: know. l- let me ask you something about this week's episode. Yes. Which yeah. I might add. Of our show. Yes. Yeah. It's going to be great. I mean, I already know it. It's gonna be great. I can tell already. This it's is, be this great. is one, it's it's gonna, gonna be It's gonna be one great. of the best Every, I think we've ever done. Everything's
1: gonna be great, Bill. Everything's gonna it's be. It's really picking up. It's
0: really picking up. So this week yeah. we're talking about a. Uh, it's it's kind of timely. I don't. I, we didn't plan it as such. And actually, it's funny because as of tonight, when we're recording this, this seems like hopefully this whole phenomenon goes in the review mirror. Anything involving this guy because we've been talking enough about him. But the topic this week yeah. is Sassy Justice slash yeah. Fred Fred Sassy. You channel, or at least now it's a YouTube channel. It started out, I guess, as a 15 minute short. So this is a um, satire created by the South Park dudes, Matt Stone and Trey Parker. It is a separate spin-off, it has nothing to do with South Park, but they wanted to set up a studio to employ deepfaking technology in a way to make comedy with it, which as far as I know, a lot of people, most examples of deep faking I have seen have been specifically for comedy to, to do impressions, which is a lot of yeah. what this gets at. But the
1: comedians pick up on it first Yes, and then the propagandists pick up
0: on it that's the thing I mean yeah and the, the, the yeah. porn and all the things like that's it's all coming've we've, we've I covered, forgot about the porn oh, yeah, we've covered deep faking <laughs> on this show so we're not gonna go all into it again although you know there's certain elements of this we can't ignore but this is a uh entertainment product a short entertainment product that's been chopped up i would say into about seven or eight chapters um like a 15 minute long a, a thing that has been cut into little episodes so they're you know buzzy and shareable and whatnot it's it's a series, a fake series, on features a local consumer advocate reporter, kind of one of those "shame on you" kind of guys in Cheyenne,
1: Wyoming. Why did they pick Cheyenne, Wyoming, of all
0: places? I'm assuming it's a place that, first of all, nobody has ever been to, and you could believe anything <laughs> about it that you see. Much the same way, Sacha Baron Cohen picked Kazakhstan is because, well, who's right. who's, who's going to say it's not this? You know, and you can. Be, I had a
1: friend in college who argued that Wyoming didn't actually exist. Yeah, I, because. <laughs> He had never met anyone from Wyoming. He changed his mind when there was a guy at our school. He met a guy from a school from Wyoming. He had never met anyone from Wyoming, and you look at it on a map, it looks completely made up because uh-huh. it's all right angles. It does have the smallest population of any state. It's got
0: like a hundred people. Smaller on than
1: Virgin Islands or any place like that.
0: It's this uh, a fictional Cheyenne, Wyoming TV affiliate, uh, and it's this reporter named Fred Sassy who does his uh, shame on you type finger wag about you know scams for the consumers. Uh, he's obsessed with the concept of deepfakes, and so uncertain. So this is the irony of it is that. People he himself, the actor, is Peter Serafinowicz with a Trump face deep faked on him. So
1: yes. it's different yes. layers. It's, it, it, he looks exactly like Donald Trump with a wacky wig and a completely different voice, by the way. He's not yeah. trying to make the voice like him. Although there are segments that are supposedly videos of Trump where he's doing a... Yeah, a pretty, pretty on impression. Only slightly bizarre... <laughs> Impersonation yeah. of Trump. Yes. Yeah.
0: And he does Chris Wallace too in those scenes. So yeah, he's, he he's, Wallace, he's the guy yeah. he, he played the tick on Amazon. He's been around. He's an English actor. He's been around for a while. Pretty good impersonator. He does Michael Caine. He does a pretty good Michael Caine too. It's kind of amazing. This whole thing is a product of something called Deep Voodoo Studios, which is a strictly a deep fake animation offshoot that they built to simply do this project. And the idea that they thought they wanted to jump on deep faking as a way to demystify it and to take the fear out of it by using it for comedy first. And again, for their own particular brand. Brand of satire that everybody knows. You know, by this point, these guys, you know, their reputation speaks for themselves. You know what you're getting with Matt Stone and Trey Parker? They were gearing up to do a feature, and then pandemic struck, changed their plans, they just decided, screw it, let's kind of do a proof of concept. They got together with Peter Serafinowitz, who's been a voice actor on South Park, and they came up with this, you know, character. Again, I think that the point of it is that, you know, these guys like to take a piss on everything. You know, they were shooting on Al Gore. This is embarrassing. It looks stupid. And it is meant to mock the guy. Even though it's not his voice, you're putting his face and he's doing ridiculous things and he sounds ridiculous. So it is something designed to get under Trump's skin. So in a way, it's using the deep fake. You know, you think it's going to come at us. It's going to be anarchic people who were trying to destroy society with this technology to falsify, you know, heroes doing horrible things. Well, you could use it to make a villain look like a fool. And that's kind of, I think, what the, the impetus behind this project was. But, um, you know, it, it's worth talking about because these two guys... Are like A-list creators. They have done very few projects. Um, you know, they, they've made I think th- two or three movies, and they did
1: Team America.
0: But like I said, they don't have a giant body of work. They have very discrete projects. They've been doing South Park since what nineteen ninety seven. Uh, and they put out a couple mm. of TV shows along the way. They did that. Uh, he was a he's our Bush um, thing on Comedy Central. That's my Bush. That's I my Bush. That I didn't it.
1: remember it was those guys. Yeah, that was God, that. that feels like ancient history. The days I know, right when South Park was the hottest thing in the world. Yeah, I remember even before that seeing a VHS of The Spirit of Christmas. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was sort of like an early viral video. It was a VHS tape people were passing around. Yeah, I, actually, and I never I think saw. Someone it, yeah. at Comedy Central saw that, and that's how they got the deal, right?
0: Uh, yeah. Am I leaving anything out here, Noah? Tell me, uh, what's what's your uh, what's your what's your angle on this thing?
1: Yeah. Uh, so you know, the host is a fake Trump, and no one comments that he looks like Trump, but he's interviewing quote. Chris Wallace, not being interviewed by Chris Wallace, he's interviewing uh, Michael Caine. There's only 15 minutes of this so far. Yeah, There's a deep fake expert who for some reason is Julie Andrews. She has a different name, but (laughs) she looks like 1960s Julie Andrews, who I will always have a crush on. Sounds just like her. Uh, Al Gore, Ivanka Trump. It's very weird. It's Jared Kushner, but Jared Kushner as like a ten year old. It's his daughter. It's, it's Trey Parker's like daughter, and they deep fake. Really? Game. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. It's very that, weird. That's interesting. They keep saying their sponsor is this this <laughs> dialysis clinic in Wyoming, <laughs> yes. the Dialysis King, and the guy doing the ads is Mark Zuckerberg. It's just him. And it's who cares him. what he sounds like because because no one really. Mark Zuckerberg's voice doesn't matter but he looks like Zuckerberg and of course he looks a little more robotic and a little more fake than most other people but that kind of makes sense for Zuckerberg he's the dialysis king and the ads are they're bizarre in a sort of like Tim and Eric kind of way it's got this very catchy theme song the production values are very high one of them Parker Stone commented like this must this might be the most expensive web video ever you know they cut to these The they're talking about oh here's an example of a deep fake. And it's like, this. believe it or not, this, as, this isn't actually Tom Cruise. Here it is. And it's just this fake-looking puppet going, I'm Tom Cruise, you know. Yeah, yeah. And then one of the few, I will tell you, I don't find this very funny. One of the few jokes I actually laughed at is you just see this puppet going, I'm Tom Cruise, I'm Tom Cruise. Oh, and it's, it's Al Gore and said, you can make a politician say whatever you want. You can make a politician say vagina. You can make a politician say poop. You can make a politician say vagina poop. So it cuts to the Tom Cruise Papa going, vagina poop, vagina poop. Yeah. And it cuts back and Fred Sassy, who looks like Trump, says, that was actually Tom Cruise, right? That's one of the few jokes that made <laughs> yeah, me laugh. That's pretty good. But I don't like this very much for several reasons. Is One, I just don't find it that funny. I don't think the jokes hit very hard. And that's even separate from something I've said in the show before that I don't like Trump jokes I don't think Trump is funny I don't like laughing at him I don't see the humor in it it really bothers me at like big quiz thing events when people go for a wrong but funny answer and they say the art of the deal I just don't find it funny anymore but somehow like I actually think that's not the unfunny problem with this this might be one of the few ways he is funny because they're they're laughing at how disgustingly ugly and weird looking he is without really making it about him. You know what, I say? I you know what I'm yeah, saying? I do. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I do. Yeah. It's very strange. I just don't think the jokes work. I think the writing seems a little lazy. Also, and, and maybe this is similar to why I don't think Trump is funny. I don't think deep fakes are funny because I'm disturbed by their potential for mischief. The greatest problem, I think we saw this this week, if you want to all boil it down, With our country right now is the dispute over what fact is and over what truth is. And this just opens a giant Pandora's box that I don't know how to close it. And it really bothers me when when Matt Stone is quoted as saying, before the big scary thing of coronavirus shut up, everyone was so afraid of deepfakes. We just wanted to make fun of it because it makes it less scary. I don't think it makes it less scary. I think the fact that these are so accomplished makes it more scary. You guys might just be joking around. But what about the person who makes Joe Biden say, I do drink baby blood and he was real and all that
0: now there's there's amoral people right behind the door waiting to use this
1: we could laugh at the internet in the 90s because it was cat photos and all that then the propagandists and the and the malevolent players got involved people like parker and stone who could just see it as a lark and throw money at it to make a goofy little video which admittedly is well done, and maybe does have some humor value, some entertainment value, uh, you know, it's a real it's kind of blinkered privilege to say this is just for fun, and this is harmless. I don't see it that way. I would much rather live in a world where this
0: doesn't exist. Only, I think only bad things come of this, because you can't, you can't rely on people to restrain themselves. Right. I mean, we again, another thing we did an entire episode on was shitposting, and shitposting was yes. just, oh, people. Jesus! people were just amorally shitposting, because they had, they were just doing things to be fun they were just be doing contrarian takes to put out a volume of memes and the problem is those memes took over and were seen as authentic and they were seen as earnest and that that's like that's the problem is people can read the same thing two different ways and it's amazing that there could possibly be that level of variance in the way it's perceived as human beings we all rely on our eyes to determine reality except for blind people not sure how they do it as Cheyenne's leading consumer advocate for over 30 years, it's my job to keep a constant eye out for
1: hoaxes, fakes, and bull poop. Is it popular? I mean, there's only a couple... There's only been one episode. There's only a couple articles out there. You know, is it possible we're jumping the gun here and this will just this will be a blip and not go anywhere. I mean...
0: This is the time to talk about it if that's the case, you know, because I only think it's going to become yeah. more relevant, you know, which is fine. It's got a sell-by date. Um, I, I, I think it's popular enough because WAGs, as I like to call them, WAGs, love to talk about stuff like this. This this becomes something that is buzzy on Twitter, a little bit on the bleeding edge. And again, because it has a thumbnail that looks ridiculous, it is worth posting around on, on Twitter yeah. and on social media. The,
1: the, the thumbnail is... You know, you look at this and you're like, why is Trump wearing this ridiculous wig? Or does this guy just look like Trump? I mean, part of the craft that goes into it it's, is, I mean, is good the, good the, imagery the, here.
0: I the deepfake is really solid. I mean, yeah, honestly, it's very well done. The way his solid. face moves. It's, yeah. Yes, yes. I
1: mean, you see something slightly off, but only slightly off.
0: Well, let's put it this way. It's clever. It's bite-sized. It's sticky. It's got that disobedient Parker Stone imprimatur on it. You hear Trey Parker's voice in it and it. It's got you know, you know the sound of his voice because we associate it with all his characters, and so that is part of the brand. Uh and these guys have been doing saleable satire on Comedy Central for a long time. Granted, I think they have one gun they've been shooting with, but they've shot it at every single target they could possibly aim at. In the limited span of of however however much, you know, this doesn't have that many layers working for it. But if you're going to drop it on The World, drop it on October 30th or wherever, let it have a minimal effect before the election of just an added little oomph of satire, even though it's not specifically about that satire. This is the last time anyone's going to want to see it. But generally, I'm with you in that I don't want to see the face. I don't want to hear the voice. I don't want to know, I don't want to know anything about it. There's nothing funny about it anymore. Other than Charlie Chaplin playing a monkey of Hitler uh, in, the, in the Great Dictator, you know, it, but he didn't, you know, that was first of all before we knew how bad it was. And second of all, he was using it to make a gigantic point. It wasn't all a comedy, it was about that speech at the end of The Great Dictator. That's about the only way you could pick using somebody horrific in real time it's such a risky thing because you could fuck up more than you can get it right i'm not sure they got a lot right they didn't really fuck up but there's just not a lot of value to it it's popular just because we're in a moment when it's popular and i think we're you know we're not going to look at it again in three days and that's the end of it you know
1: yeah i mean i think it's genuinely like i've said it's genuinely well done it really is amazing how they do this i mean it's it's a stunning work of technological achievement and the production values are so i mean when i first started watching this I didn't realize it was Parker and Stone. You just Mm -hmm. sent me the link and I just dived right in. And that's why I'm like, wow, this guy really looks like Trump. Is it my imagination or is Bill gonna say I'm crazy for saying this guy looks like Trump? So I didn't know what I was looking at. Right. And I looked at this and I'm like, all right, these production values are awesome. I wish my company had this kind of money to make videos that looked as good as this. There's something very impressive here and Parker and Stone. So they're automatically going to get attention. I hate to say this. Like, I agree with you. There's nothing funny about Donald Trump anymore, but maybe they found a few remaining things that are funny. You know, maybe they found a way to skirt it because this character really has nothing to do with Trump other than looking like him. I mean, it was kind of a random decision to make this character, Fred Sassy, look like Donald Trump. He doesn't sound like him, he doesn't move like him, he doesn't act like him, he just his face is him. It was kind of this bizarre, absurdist choice, but it's the choice they made, so maybe they found one of the few ways to take humor from this character. And yeah, while most of the jokes, I think, fall flat, a couple of them work, and I always like seeing Julie Andrews and I always appreciate people who who pluck her out of the ether because she's one of my favorite actresses ever and awesome. And, you know, why is it popular? Because it's, to some extent, it's good stuff and it's well done. And it's fa- all the all the little reasons we have, like it's got a little bit of all of those, right? It's famous because it's famous, because it's Trey Parker and Matt Stone. These were two random dudes It might not get as much attention unless it won the viral lottery, unless it was up there with nathan apodaca or whatever who's that old
0: man who you talking i know
1: exactly exactly do you think that guy's already been dumped by his agent
0: mr gore let me start by asking why are politicians in all of washington so concerned about deep fakes well what has people in the government really scared is that deep fakes can put words in people's mouths you know make people say things like vagina and poop. And, and and then you've got senators going around saying vagina poop. Noah, tell me, would you have liked this when you were a kid?
1: Uh, I think I'd like it more than I like it now because I wouldn't have been as Freaked out by the potential of deepfake, you know, this is something we were talking about before we got on camera, that part of the problem with the spread of coronavirus where you are in the Netherlands is because kids are having parties and they're not taking the risk seriously because kids think they're immoral to generalize. And while I was more of a pansy than most other kids, I I definitely through more caution to the wind than I do now. So I think I would have been less harrowed by it because I would have been more like, eh, it's just funny, we're just laughing, we're just having a good time. And I don't know if the jokes would have hit harder with me. I really don't know. I probably would have been more into absurdism. In certain ways It's like how I talk to my nephews They love Eric Andre And they love Tim and Eric And I think they're both kind of lazy But I think, you know These kids grew up In a different comedy ecosystem Than I did
0: Oh yeah, completely And I think
1: absurdism is Has more of a central place
0: I mean, they have a different language It's not just an ecosystem yeah. An environment It is quite literally a, a language we just didn't have When we were kids But then again You could say that We had irony And our parents' generation Didn't have nearly as much irony As we grew up with It's not oh, that You yeah, know, they couldn't explain it But there's a data is thing too What's going on now? You're right.
1: Well, but that's getting back to the Simpsons too. Like the Simpsons seemed at the time, it seemed unbelievably cynical, and now it seems like the opposite of cynical. Yeah, it just shows how much they pushed us in that direction. It's they opened the floodgates for that stuff. Well, you yeah.
0: know, I I uh, I think ultimately anything which took on a big bad guy. Uh, would have been fine with me as a kid just because I would have seen this as a a blunt force object rather than a scalpel you know if you're trying to mortify or embarrass someone who's got absolutely no sense of humor about himself yeah I would have been separated too from the fine you know you get older at our horrible age you you sort of you can't partition it from the bad things about it but when I'm a kid I could I mean that's kind of one of the reasons why South Park was so popular I mean we were the generation it was supposed to hit we were Jesus how old were we 24 23 when South South Park Park? Yeah, South
1: Park it was right after it was our first year out of college yeah it's a 98 we were we were were 22 it was 90 i'm gonna guess it was early 98
0: but that's the idea like that was designed for us that was supposed to be the naughty 90s thing it was the you know beavers and butthead type you know it's not your parents generation and cartman's cursing and he's making fun of jews and all this stuff and you know like they kind of never lost that um you know, that that poke in the eye thing And it's like, I think I enjoyed that their thing more When I was a kid, too, but I still had this feeling Like, this is just a poke in the eye You know, it, 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 it seems a little mortifying That their their biggest thing, Parker and Stone's Biggest thing is just making people look like Their John Lithgow from uh, Footloose, you know, th- their whole thing was just Trying to make people look like, oh, you're a bunch of old Prim conservatives, it's like, well, you know We do have some sacred cows, I'm not saying Don't make fun of everything, but it's like, all they had Was just poking fun at people who Did have sacred cows, whether or not they deserved or whether or not it was it was fair. But I think I was more amenable to it as a kid. Come on down to Cheyenne Dialysis. We've got all the deals and all the customers that made
1: me the dialysis king of Cheyenne. Uh, so, Bill, we probably should have, before this episode, re-listened to what we said on our episodes about uh, reface and posting. <laughs> Could just copy and co- splice it from there and, and copy and paste it into this. Mm-hmm. Is the existence arguable possible popularity of uh, sassy justice a sign of the impending apocalypse? Well, actually it's
0: interesting the home of
1: dark side and the evil new gods. It,
0: it is uh, interesting about like looking to see what it is we said in the first place. but I mean that's why this is worth looking at because the other stuff, oh I think we were just looking at this is horrible. It's augurs a really dark future. And, you know, this is the next example of that conversation or the next augmentation of that of this argument is, is like, well, what if somebody used it for comedy and what if they were had our values, our social values? So it amends that a little bit. It changes it. Uh, however, I still it's still not enough to make me feel like deep fakes are going to turn anything into good, that it's somehow going to be used as a nutritive force in society. That it, it's not going to especially now. That it's not just a special effect, it's not just CGI, you know, it's not just a simple filmmaking tool like makeup effects or, you know, blood squibs in a Western. It's something much more than that, that isn't about just entertainment, but it's going to wind up leaking out into culture and changing culture. And it's it's already starting to do that. Which is to say, it's it's a long way of saying, I don't think that this project in particular changes my opinion about deepfakes being a herald of the apocalypse. It's just not different enough. It's not courageous enough. It doesn't make me think like this. If somebody's cracked it and found a way to use this uh, for good. Somehow it's going to outweigh the bad stuff that's coming down the pike. We're just not there with
1: it. it. This does not hit nearly hard enough. I mean, I could see Trump fans loving this. Why wouldn't they, right? Um, yeah, I mean, this. you need something to hit awfully hard. And also, even if it hits awfully hard, you know, what what determines hits awfully hard. It gets back to what I always say, that you really want to boil it down, and I've been thinking about this a lot this week. The problem is stupidity. The problem is, say it with me, media illiteracy. Yeah. That's it. I mean, they kind of get it here, like, oh, the human brain could distinguish. Like, no, not the American human brain. That's for fucking sure. Maybe if we've been teaching people from moment one how to parse media images, and, and maybe if we were teaching children at school, like what to believe and what not to believe, but we're not doing that nearly enough. Well, the best joke in and, this thing And is, I argue it's the single most important thing we could be teaching people.
0: It is the best the best joke in here is like you said, he said, now that really was Tom Cruise, right? And and that yeah. is probably the funniest thing that they came up with this is it because that's the one sideways joke at saying people can't read images. They just can't. And it's not the point yeah. of this, but it's one joke they made that hit the most. We could almost stand an entire show about that kind of thing with more incision. Um, but yeah, I agree with you.
1: Yeah, so this is I mean, obviously not specifically sassy justice as a sign of the apocalypse, but the fact that deep fakes have become this plaything, and maybe the problem that elites like Parker and Stone don't see the threat of it and just see it as a toy. You know, maybe that's in and of itself a problem. I don't think this thing has much staying power. Who knows? So I probably would have said that about South Park 23 years ago.
0: Yeah, actually, I think we all said that about South Park 23 years ago. That was, was like, ah, um, you know, like this is yeah. this is going to be this is going to run out of steam because it's just it, it's a flame that burns twice as hot. So it's going to burn half as long. Yeah,
1: but it's probably very easy to make. For animation. Yeah, it's cheap. Parker and Stone are clearly, say what you want about them, they're clearly workhorses. So they're probably, I mean, look, I think animation is going to just be turbocharged because of the pandemic, yeah, right? It should, yeah. Like, we're in for every project. All right, well, can we do it animated? You know, I mean, I the that question is going to be asked in every Hollywood boardroom for the next year or so. uh So I don't know. It could be wrong, could last forever, and it could have, resounding impact, but I doubt the impact will will strike a positive blow for society. Although, you know, I'll give them credit. I don't think this in and of itself is going to be necessarily negative. You see, by using algorithms, we can actually deconstruct the images, and the computers can tell us whether they have been manipulated or not. For instance, oh, let's just look at the video of the president that went viral last week. Noah, tell
0: me, jealousy, does this
1: inspire it in you? Yeah, I wish my company's web videos were even one-fifteenth the quality of this but i don't have those resources uh or perhaps skills so jealous of that and i'm jealous of the attitude that you could just laugh at this stuff and not feel the impending existential dread that you and i feel yeah i'm jealous of i mean part of me is glad because i i think quote unquote it makes me a better person but on the other hand ignorance is bliss and I could use a little bliss these days.
0: Yeah, I mean, this is a flash in the pan. Uh, I mean, this project itself, not the studio that they set up or whatever. If this is the next move, if they're going to wind up trying to, you know, make a parallel product out of this and South Park at the same time, coming out of two two different studios in California or wherever the fuck they are. Um I say, hard to inspire jealousy just based on this. However, Stone and Parker inspire a little jealousy, too, because, again, we're not so far off in in age from them. And I don't think that South Park was such a great idea that it like a 23 year legacy. It didn't seem like the most natural thing. To come out of those little cut up pieces of construction paper. Yeah, that they were they
1: right place and right time. Those guys.
0: I know, sure. I know, and th- and you know, like they to me, it was never like the best show on TV. It wasn't even in my top one hundred. Uh, as good as it was, as much as I enjoyed it, I wouldn't have put it in the pantheon uh, of great TV series. And yet, it chugs on and on and on. And very few people ever say anything bad about it. So you know, they right, they did something right. They got in at the right time. They regenerated their fan base, and they made a lot of money doing it. And then somehow, yeah, you know what? They come out of this just thinking. That they have, I guess, enough money and enough of an envelope around them that they could still make fun of really horrible things without it seeming like it it affects them, as if there is something to joke about. There's some natural comedy to be mined on things that are really just so charcoal gray and and, and desiccated and bleak. You know. (laughs) So where do you think this falls on the Thelonious scale? Actually, I I trouble with I had trouble ranking this. I really didn't know where to put it. I.
1: Side note about Fallon: I actually saw an article this morning in Variety. My father sent it to me, uh, but it is about Jimmy Fallon. It is about laughing at Donald Trump, so it's relevant. Do you know who Rebecca Drysdale is? Do you know that yeah, name? Becky
0: Drysdale, sure. Yeah, she she's worked with a lot right. of a lot of friends of mine out in Los Angeles.
1: Right. So I don't know if I told you this, but I knew her in high school, and we did community theater together, and our moms actually knew each other because they were both Jewish. American expats in Montreal and actually because of our my mom told her mom about the summer camp I went to she ended up going to my summer camp So I saw her there too Mm Right, when I went back as a counselor. Uh, so we knew each other. I mean, I've talked to her maybe three times in the last 20 years. And we're Facebook friends for what that's worth. There was an article in Variety yesterday or something that she... I didn't realize this. Last I heard, she was working for Key & Peel, But apparently the last year or so, she's been head writer for Jimmy Fallon. I didn't yeah. know that. And she just quit or mutually whatever. Who knows what the real story is. And the art, the line is, the excuses and why not true? I mean, good on her if this is true, that it's... Um, She's just tired of making jokes about Donald Trump because she doesn't think it's funny. Now, look, thank God it looks like at some point in the not too distant future, we're not going to be talking about that fucking maniac every day, you know, and the rats are jumping off the ship. So that's nice. So he'll be less the center of everyone's attention. But, um, you know, that was basically the breaking point for her. She's like, I'm tired of making jokes about this guy. He's not funny. And I think laughing at him actually gives him power. So... Big thumbs up to her for doing that, if that's the real reason and why not. Um, So yeah, so slightly off topic. So felonian scale. Um, I put this as, and maybe I didn't say enough of this while we were talking about this. This is like reface app times three or shitposting times two. It's all, you know, maybe multiply those two things, how low they are below zero on our scale. Yeah. And that's where you get where this is. Because this really, these deepfakes look a lot more professional. I mean, for obvious reasons than the Reface app. A lot more likely to fool people. A lot more dangerous. And Reface app had a little more novelty value for me than these kind of mostly lame-o jokes. And, you know, it seems a lot more directed and a lot more professional and a lot more potential for targeted harm than shitposting, which is just spraying randomly on me. So, yeah, this is pretty, pretty low, pretty down, dangerous low on the scale. You know, Jimmy Fallon with a deadly weapon, I guess.
0: Yeah, I don't know if I could be. I mean, I, I think it's a little different than that. I mean, I'm not insulted. The way I'm, in, I'm not insulted as anything with Jimmy Fallon because of the the stunning mediocrity and the fact that the guy just ice skated uphill to get where he's at. But um, I mean, the thing is, it's like no matter how much delicacy and care and time you put into this, and I don't think they put that much into it, but they certainly... Oh, I, I see a lot. I There's I a lot of craft from programmers, but I think the joke itself, you know, like you could have worked on it for a couple of months and come up with something sharper, but, you know, they didn't work on it for months. If the, the, I think the months was, was in trial and error for software, was to get the graphics right, to get the rendering right. You know, this project, again, is going to wind up being a proof of concept for something else, but... I mean, I, I I think in the end, I I come down like thinking it's like Coachella, you know. In a way, it's like <laughs> a balloon or a bubble around people, and and you know they think they're really cool when they're in it, and it looks really repellent from the outside, and you know everyone will tell you we're having the time of our lives inside of this thing, you know. But ultimately, I think it it is just it's indicative of a of a pocket, an environmental envelope around you where you think you're breathing a different air than the rest of the world, um, and it kind of shows. It shows a little bit of, um, you know, that that you're not engaging in the same reality as a lot of other people. I'm not even saying I'm engaging that reality, but there's, you know, there's a lot of reasons why you would not do something where you're trying to, you know, even just using Trump's figure right now. For comedy is tough. And I don't think this was the idea. So again, I don't think that's it's not a perfect analogue, but I, I looked at Coachella and I thought, oh, I hated that too. And I thought it was dumb
1: and there's a lot of money uh, and time that went into it, you know? Like people so much better stuff at Coachella than this.
0: so much stuff. Well, I mean, you, yeah, the- you've never been a
1: guy who's into live music, but man, like for all the phoniness, I would have loved to have gone to Coachella. Right.
0: I don't think Coachella is even about the music anymore. I think it's about the uh, you know, the fact... But that- it can be about the music. You it it, can go it, it and just could. listen yeah. the bands. Oh, there could. still
1: are good bands there even if it's not the real reason why the festival's happening. But you you want to wear
0: crocheted shorts and one of those uh so- the Navajo headdresses. No, like a lot of those I other I want to go and
1: listen shirts. to music and, you know, maybe buy a can of Coke every hour and a half and a and a tofu dog, you know? I don't have to engage with all the brands and stuff. I can go see the bands. There are real bands there. It's not like they're... I, I would get your argument if there are no bands and it's just a festival of, you know, cover bands or something, but they actually are good musical acts there. It's still there for the taking if you want it. It might It might be a sidelight, but it's still there. Your cynicism is winning out again, my
0: friend. Uh, yeah, it's, it's victorious and it always wins in the end. Yeah. Well, uh, I believe that brings us to the end of another episode. If you'd like to find past episodes of our te- of our television show here. Look on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Google Play and Stitch, tweet to us at Noah and Bill show. Write to us an old fashioned postal mail and send it through your computer. Put it through the soft disk drive slot in the front. And send it to Noah and Bill Don'tget It at gmail.com. Go to Apple Podcasts and give us a review, because that's how people find out about podcasts who aren't already aware of it. I am on Twitter at William Scurry. My video content is on youtube.com slash amcaesar and my good buddy Noah will tell you a little thing about himself now.
1: Check out bigquizthing.com, where to go to learn all about the world's greatest uh, live virtual trivia events, uh, coast to coast, nationwide, worldwide, nay. We have an event for a bunch of people in Singapore in a couple weeks, very exciting. Uh, You know, we're doing corporate and private quiz events virtually now, having a lot of fun, very busy And book it now for the holidays. Uh, Occasional public events as well. BigQuizThing.com. Thank you.
0: So until next time, we We don't don't get 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 it.
1: A production of American Caesar
0: Enterprises 2020.